Welcome back to the podcast of the Roy Dennis Wildlife Foundation. We call it hands-on conservation as we're trying to show you what typically goes into species reintroduction work day to day. Working with Forestry England, we're now in year two of a five-year project to restore the white-tailed eagle to the Isle of Wight. And in 2020, of course, we were not taking anything for granted. With COVID and everything, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it. So, you know, suddenly getting the go-ahead and being able to bring the chicks down and get on with the project for another year is brilliant. In the end, seven chicks were released on the island in August this year. But as we heard in the last podcast, lockdown meant that we didn't even know how many chicks might be in the nests before we set off to collect them. You can hear an adult above me. That's the adult alarming. Um, But there is not two chicks on that nest, so we're going to have to leave that be and move on and try and find nest four and hope there's twins on that. And once we had the chicks, they had to be cared for. But with the usual team in lockdown themselves... So this way you teach me to feed them? Yeah, this is the first time, these two. They've been collected today. They've never been fed by us before. And I'm told that that at least one of the nests had a former in it. So we'll see what they think of this fish. So in this podcast, we'll hear how I became more than an interested observer. Oh my God, it smells like... Oh, it smells very gamey. You definitely don't want to do that, do you? and how, in this toughest of years, we got the birds to the Isle of Wight. It's a real uh, privilege to be able to help with this, and uh, there was no way I was going to say no. (laughs) Last week, we heard Ian Perks collecting chicks in the Western Isles. Further trips to Mull, Skye and the north of Scotland came after that, and the next step was to get the birds to the house where Roy and I live. Just on my way back from... An unlikely handover in the Tesco car park in Inverness. Um, I met Fraser and Ian, and they've handed me two eagles from the Isle of Skye, which they collected today. I've just pulled over for a second, and the eagles are getting a bit restless. Not restless, they're just moving a bit more uh, in the back. Now they've stopped for a second. And I, I drive along always expecting to see an eagle rising up out of the cardboard box like a phoenix in the rearview mirror, but... I know they don't. I know logically they don't. Once they're in their box and it's dark, they lie low and they're happy and settled. But I'll still be glad to get home. This is the one Fraser said looked very hungry. When they're adult, they've got white tails and white heads or grey heads and brilliant yellow bills. But when they're young, they're very, very dark. They're dark brown all over. The bill is that dark horn, yellow in the bill. Really dark eyes. That's what we look for all the time. When we're looking for birds for these projects, one of the best indicators is, is their eye nice and bright? And you see they're all, they all look great. And of course the size, you know, however... I mean, I've only saw them last year for this project for the first time, close up. And I thought I'd remembered how big they were, but you open the box and they're they're just so chunky. And and the talons and the beaks are almost as an adult eagle would be. They're as big. They're already grown. Mm. So the bird is, say that bird there, that's full grown in its body, but it's got to grow all its wing and tail. So that's... You know, the body size is there, but the last bit of growing is putting on the great big wing. Whoops. See all the feathers yeah. are in pins. Uh-huh. See the blood in them. 
In pin meaning? In, um, you know, they're kind of in a sheath of blood and then the feather kind of comes out and that's what that is. Um, and this business about the personality, I mean Ian was talking about some being feistier than others, just just some are naturally more aggressive? Some are very bold, some are very shy, and when you put them together, two of them, or three of them, you'll find that there's one will feed first, then the other one, then the other one. So they're, they establish hierarchies quite quickly, yeah? but they're all in great shape, and though it is interesting that they've had formers. And I just think that bird there, there's a few feathers there at the front that are slightly oily mm. from former. So the oil comes off the seabird the, yeah. and this foul smelling oil that the former yeah. spit. But the adults catch those in flight so they don't get the oil like they, they yeah. do. But look at the size of that female mm. there, her bill. But I'm going to leave them quiet. And they're just going to be fine in our garage? Oh, they're fine. These are special pens I've built. Yep. Um, and these screens, this is a great idea we had. And it means that we can work cutting up the fish, but they don't know we're here. And then we put the fish underneath like that and just look through the peephole. Um, brilliant. brilliant. And it's a really good use of a duvet cover that wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't otherwise get used. This is this is really good. Uh, last year they were pretty tatty. Yeah, this is quite smart. I think the colour is nicer than last yeah, year. Yeah, I think it, it's a really good duvet cover. <laughs> it's probably the one you thought was our best one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same, is it, without Tim here and Anya? They were here last no, year. The, you know, yeah. the excitement of all of you together seeing this project underway. Yeah, it is a strange year, but anyway, it's, it's been brilliant that the guys have got it, that we've all got it to work. You know, at the beginning people thought we wouldn't do it, but... Uh, We've, we've managed and which is very important because after taking birds down last year we must take new birds down to meet the old ones um, because then they learn well we all had to learn with lockdown meaning that no one could come and work with us here at home you haven't been able to talk properly just now because you're watching me make a really bad job of skinning a <laughs> rabbit i'm trying to get the skin off this rabbit and i've got a whole new sense of responsibility this year because as I said, I've been an observer in the past, but I was lying in bed last night thinking, actually, if something happened to you, if you've taken ill or, I don't know, you were called away, I'd be left with yeah. a bucket of rabbit, a bucket of salmon, and would have to know what to do. Yeah. And I've always been interested, but not really very yeah, useful. So this year, year... And it's also me back to this as well, which I haven't done for a few years. <laughs> you've, not, you've had staff. So... In the morning, they've had cut-up salmon and cut-up halibut, which are trimmings from our fishmonger which is really brilliant they've been in the deep freeze and they've thawed out and now we're going to give them rabbit and um, each each food is important you know variation for them this must be luxury i'm just imagining you crouching on a hillside in rum or something with oh, midges God. around you and oh. having to catch the rabbits we've got people doing that for, yeah. for you very kindly well on fair arm long ago we had to go out every day with a rifle and shoot rabbits and then skin them and gut them and clean them and take them back and feed the birds and then go out in our boat and catch, um, you know, pollock and fish that were close to the shore. And have you ever made any mistakes about quantities? I mean, how much they'll get through? Not really, no. You know, I'm feeding them at the moment. They're being fed about three or four times a day. 
because it's quite good to vary it. Because it would be varied in the wild. They can't yeah. rely on a regular meal. Some of these birds, there was one, the one that kept from up north, I thought that was quite thin. Mm -hmm. um, do you want me to chop that? Yeah, do you need to? That's it. I'm determined to finish this myself. Oh, there you go. Great. That can, the head can go in that bin. And all you can do is you put it down in front of them. See, they're laying very quietly. So I'll put one load of fish there, and I'll put one load of fish over there. And then you just have to leave them. They're just laying down very quiet. They're incredibly quiet. Is that the heat? Is it a really hot day, or is it just that they don't no, know where they are? They don't. They they're wary of us. Okay. And then the best thing to do is go away. Best is not to watch them, not to hang around because they always know you're there or they hear something. Just leave them be, and then one of them should start feeding, and then the other one will feed. You'll check after we've had our dinner. Yeah. Okay, Phoebe, dinner. And then repeat as more eagles arrived and the flies buzzed louder. But no, let's see. have a look at this. No, you don't need to take the skin off. Oh, yeah. You don't want any lead going into them. No. But this is what the work is on the other one. Is just keeping them fed. And the point you have to remember is that despite all this caring for them, they're not they never are tame. They never are the most important They thing. are still wild animals. Mustn't tame them, you know, that's that can be a real problem. That you you get you know, you could feed those. And within two days, you could teach them to take it out of your fingers. Uh -huh. And that is really bad. Yeah. You must ne never do that. So, these are the sounds of the next day or so. I didn't record while hauling roadkill out of a ditch or burying deer guts. But even in normal times, plans can change. And 2020 has been like every other year in that respect. Originally, they were going to go off today. But, but uh, there's thunderstorms in England, really bad ones, and so the pilot's coming up in the morning at uh, about 10 o'clock into Inverness. Now tell me about this pilot. How have you got the pilot doing this? Well, we're very lucky that um, there are pilots with uh, small planes who do good deeds. And um, we found out about it because we needed to look for one of the eagles that was lost last year and get up in a plane and um, use the radio receiver and see if we could find it. And then uh, Tim and Steve talked to the people and they said, oh, we could help you in other ways. And so they, they're coming up tomorrow and taking the five birds all the way to the Isle of Wight, which in this year of um, pandemic is really amazingly useful because it would have been very difficult. Uh, Tim and... Fraser or Tim and Ian could not have travelled together no. in the car seat. For the first batch of eagles then, it was nearly time to go. So this is the last of three rabbits I've skinned and cut up for the eagles. They've had their supper. They're behind the curtains here in our garage. So they can hear me but not see me and I can hear them but not see them. And I'm resisting the, the opportunity to peep and see if they've had their supper. I'm sure they have. I'm also resisting the temptation to cut all these tiny bones out because they need the bones and I'm not feeding toddlers I have to remember that they can handle bones they can handle a little bit of fur 
they're fine, they're eagles. So they have to have a big feed tomorrow before they go from the plane. And it's really nice actually to play a part in getting them ready. Even though it's a bit mucky and it's a bit midgy. Midges are coming in now. It's about nine o'clock on a summer's evening, so it's not surprising. And they need a really good feed before they head off. So I know I won't want to get out of bed and do this in the morning. I think cutting rabbits is uh, not a job for me first thing. So they're all ready. Their breakfast is ready as well. That's done. I can leave them in peace. And then came loading up the birds for the journey to the airport. That's the sound of a seagull going in a box. Just put the tops over here. This didn't feel like the time to ask any questions. It's difficult this because this is the most stressful bit and so I can't talk to you during it but the sounds are just probably speak for themselves. Can you have that one in your car? <laughs> Ready with the box, closing it over the top. Sorry. It's okay, once they're in the box they're fine, they just calm down. They calm down, don't worry. Well, they just don't want to see people. I always give the impression that it's easy, but it isn't. It's very stressful and um, you deal with stress in different ways. And I mainly deal with my stress by thinking about it at two o'clock in the morning and then I have to wait. Then I'm awake and I have to read it. A novel before I go back to sleep but I kind of I worry about the guys going to the nests you know always concerned about them climbing the trees and all that sort of thing and then the birds come back and then they're in their different compartments two by two you put food in and you hope that they feed and they, they get on and two of them were really good and they they fed straight from the start and they were very happy together or not happy but they they actually lie side by side after they've been fed really comfy in their like in a in a nest although they are from different nests and then there's a big aggressive one that scoffed its food immediately um, but it was in a compartment with the other one collected that day from sky and it just seemed to you know very shy bird so i had to separate them and the one continued to scoff its food and the other was a much poorer feeder so twice I, I, I gave it food by hand and you, you have to um, put, a, you know, I put an old, uh, one of my old fleeces over the bird and then kneel beside it and open its bill and pop the food and it gets the message quickly and starts. Well, you, you kind know. of kneel over it, which is, gives you an idea of the size. Yeah, yeah I kneel over it yeah. and, and hold it gently across, you know, to stop the wings coming out with my knees uh -huh. and then I feed it. Um, but you have to be careful and then I've given it the last couple of bits of fish and it suddenly gives me such a peck on the hand. You've had quite a hard and, time and this and the, your arm is still swollen. Yeah, the blood comes out and you know people wear gloves and that but you can't really kind of, kind of understand how the birds are reacting. And so anyway, they're all safety in the boxes. Once you put them in and close it down, it's dark and, and they'll be... Um, you know, kind of quiet, laying down, they've all fed. And uh, what about three hours' time? Uh, Steve and Tim will pick them up in England, put them in their cages. And once they're in the big cages, 
and the kind of rain can get on them and they can clean clean their plumage much better um every extra day is a kind of extra day when they're not they're not in their real big hacking cages so we're pleased to see them go Shoes about the back door. And your coat. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, hurry, Toots. Hurry. Okay. Well, this is a trip we didn't think we'd make. We've not been away from the house for more than a few miles since late March because of COVID 19. I know we're going to hurry, we're not keep the eagles hanging around too long. But we're not only going out, we're going out to the airport, which is unexpected, and we're going out with three sea eagles in the back. Okay, we're off. Um, if I go first, um, make sure that we get clear. Graham and Helen Mountford were waiting for us at Inverness Airport, ready to fly the birds south. I know you've got a mask and we're standing yeah, the distance yeah. apart. Roy's always saying to me, why don't you just use your phone? And at last I can say, because <laughs> a phone doesn't reach this far, a great no, big microphone yes. does. Uh, so my name's Helen and um, I'm with my dad here today and we're going to be transporting five white-tailed eagles uh, over to the Isle of Wight for the project for reintroduction. Um, we're really lucky actually because we're, we're in the same household, my dad's the pilot uh, and I have some animal handling and zookeeping experience. Um, so just in case anything goes wrong, I'm there. Hopefully nothing will and I won't need to do anything. But it's a good uh, good backup. You couldn't get a better team, could you? Somebody, a pilot with a daughter who knows what they're doing with animals, which is amazing. Absolutely. It's fantastic to use this plane for voluntary work. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's something that just, it feels so good to be helping, especially through something like this, where things are having to be cancelled and postponed. And this is such an important and such an amazing project that it feels amazing to to help. <laughs> Feels amazing to see other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really, really different not having the usual flow of people through the, through the house. So it's fantastic to know that other people who yes. are available and happy to help. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, the, there's so much support all around the UK for this. I know um, everyone that I've kind of mentioned this has been uh, amazed by it and, and loving the fact that there's eagles. Um, it's not something that you see and it's it's incredible. I'm uh, Graham Mountford and I'm a volunteer pilot with Civil Air Patrol uh, and get involved with a number of animal welfare, animal rescue charities and combine that with flying. It's a real uh, privilege to be able to help with this and uh, when I got the phone call from Tim asking if there was any chance I could come up to Scotland to pick up some eagles. I mean, there was no way I was going to say no, <laughs> because uh, combining passion for animals and flying into one trip, yeah, it, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> Have you seen white-tailed eagles in the wild? No, no, I'm, I'm hoping to, um, but no, I've only ever seen uh, videos and pictures of them um, and waiting for the first rare glimpse that hopefully we'll get down over the Isle of Wight at some point. At least you've seen a glimpse in the cardboard box. I've seen now, I know what they look like. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the pictures and they don't disappoint when you see it in real life, uh, considering it's still young. I mean, they are incredible animals. <laughs> so so exciting to be able to see them in the wild. Um, so yes, one day, hopefully either up here in Scotland or down in the Isle of Wight, once these ones are out flying, uh, we'll see if we can spot them. Is there anything you need to think about when you're flying with five eagles in the back? Uh, that, that's the really important thing, um, is that, and it's why my daughter Helen is with me, 
because when I'm flying the aeroplane, I can't be thinking about what's happening in the back. I have to concentrate on flying the plane and the safety of the flight. So instinctively though, if you're flying with precious eagles in the back, you're gonna be looking over your shoulder to check they're okay. So that's why it was important that Helen came along because she's comfortable working with animals because of her zoo biology uh, course and her time at the wildlife park. I know I can concentrate on flying the aircraft she can keep her eye on the back if we hear any odd noises she's in charge of looking at the odd noises and the animals um, and i just fly the plane uh, and that's the only way we can do it safely otherwise there'd be that tendency to take your eyes off the off the flying which we can't do you're actually going to get a hero's welcome aren't you when you land that'd be really exciting <laughs> well, uh, uh, no, but i mean the, this whole project is, is heroes we're paying a very small part in it thank you we'll must load them up right yep let's get them loaded Good journey, Dave. And you. And, and yeah, tell, yeah, tell Tim the two that have got the big A should go together. Okay. And the other big A's go together. They've been fed together. Okay. So they feed very well side by side. Oh right. Okay. So they've already got used to each other, and they're a male and a female. So, ah, okay. and, and we're beginning to believe now that if you keep them together, those two are unlikely to breed together. Right. So, you know, we keep them all in right. little groups. Yeah. Keep the gene pool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. And what a way of getting there instead of that huge long drive um, that Ian and Tim did. It's, Last year. it's lovely the project has, has attracted that much generosity actually. Yeah, and the, and the flying club here are so excited at as Inverness. well. Inverness, take a deep breath, they're out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> now have a rest for a few days. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll hear how the white-tailed eagle story continues in future podcasts. To find out more about Roy's work on this and other species, go to www.roydennis.org. Thank you again to everyone who supports the Foundation in its work. The music Realness by Kai Engel is downloadable from the Free Music Archive.